Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to Your High Vibration Life. I am thrilled to introduce you to a dear friend who has an amazing story to share with you today. Miracle Mindset is a groundbreaking new work that covers the seven powerful lessons that author JJ Virgin learned after her 16-year-old son Grant was in a brutal hit-and-run accident. JJ is best known for her bestsellers, The Virgin Diet and The Sugar Impact Diet, and she's also a leader among leaders. She puts on an event for other wellness influencers and authors that 400 of us go to every summer, and I've learned so much from her. But today, we're getting really personal. I've often said that we prove who we are in our extremities or in those few crises in life where we could go down hard or we can do the greatest things we've ever dreamed of and soar to those high frequencies. We're talking today about how JJ fighting for her son's life inspired a new focus for her on mindset. There's a lot of science coming out about how small shifts in our mindset can lead us to greatness in life. JJ is here to talk to us about the power of courage, strength, and resilience to help you not just survive, but thrive during life's hardest moments. So I'm really excited to learn more from her today about what she learned that we can all benefit from when the unthinkable happened to JJ Virgin's family and how this forged her into choosing into higher vibrations. So welcome, JJ. Thank you. Good to be here. So you've got a new book coming out called Miracle Mindset, and this is a little different than your four other New York Times bestsellers. They're all focused on diet and nutrition. Tell me what inspired the Miracle Mindset. So you mentioned it as you were doing the bio that my son was the victim of a hit and run. And so this, I'll back up because the the setting's really important to what really went down here is I was getting ready for the Virgin Diet to come out. Now I'm the financial support for my family. At the time, my boys were 15 and 16. Grant, my older son, has bipolar disorder. So that means there's good days and bad days. And I have everything invested in this book. I'd gotten a really good advance for the Virgin Diet and I went, wow, I can really get this message out in the world. So I was going to use it as my marketing budget. So I'd put everything into the book, into doing a documentary for the, or a TV show for the book. And I'd also borrowed some too. I mean, I was all in, right? And it's the last couple of weeks before it's coming out, which are the craziest time. And I come home from doing some video and my son Grant is in a bad mood. It's one of the bad days. And he wants to go to martial arts, but he'd skipped school because he had a headache. So I'm like, you can't go because you didn't feel well. You have to stay home. And so he escalated the situation and finally looked at me and said, you know, I'm not as strong as you think I am, mom, and stormed out the door in his bare feet, pair of shorts, t-shirt, nothing. That was it. And it's dusk. And I kind of thought, huh, what should I do? And I thought, you know what? Like he's he's a big kid. He can go walk to a friend's house, blow off steam. It'll be fine. So I walked into the garage. I started doing my burst training in the garage. And next thing I know, Bryce, my 15-year-old, runs into the garage and says, Mom, Grant's been hit by a car and he got airlifted to the local hospital. 
And I mean, we just, it was like total autopilot at that point. We just threw, I threw everything in my bag, laptop, everything else. I don't know what like was in my mind to think I needed that. And we run to the hospital, my ex-husband Bryce and I, and we get there and they won't tell us anything. They actually usher us into a conference room which was horrifying because, you know, you know, your son got airlifted. That's bad. He's now been airlifted to the local hospital. That's bad. He's, I can't even see him and I don't know what's going on. And they're asking me questions. And I finally was like, I need to know what's going on. And they said, well, your son was a victim of a hit and run. He has a torn aorta that kills 90% of the people on this scene. His is literally hanging on by an onion skin. It's going to rupture sometime in the next 24 hours if it's not repaired. But to repair it, in this hospital requires a blood thinner. If not, it's a very special surgery. We don't do it here. And he's got major brain bleeds. And so if we were to do that, his brain would bleed out. So basically you can choose his brain or his heart, but you're not gonna get both. And my other son, Bryce, um, you know, we, we looked at the doctor and we said, well, you know, since you said there was another hospital, like what if we took him there? And he goes, he'll never survive that airlift. And even if he did, he's not going to survive the surgery. And even if he were to survive both of those, he's going to be so brain damaged, it wouldn't be worth it. And my son, Bryce, the 15 year old at the time looks at that doctor and said, so like a 0.25% chance. And the doctor said, that's about right. Bryce said, we'll take those odds. And that was when we just went into our full, you know, like fierce protective family. We overruled the doctor. We got him airlifted, um, got him into Harbor UCLA, which the doctors there saved his life. And, you know, we got through that first surgery, but now he's in a deep coma. He's got the stent. His aorta's safe, but he's got 13 fractures, um, major fractures, like rotted femurs, a crushed heel. I mean, just bad. But that's not the real issue. The issue is this brain injury. And he's in a coma. We have no idea what's going to happen here. And I've got this book coming out. And if the book doesn't go, I'm bankrupt and I won't be able to pay for all of this. So I know that I have to get, I have to be there for my son. There's no question. I'm not leaving. And I need to be fully present because we're making life and death decisions. But I also know that I have to make this book go because whatever my son's going to need, I've got to provide for him. And so that was the setup. And that, you know, we, we got through the first couple of weeks of him in a coma. He came out of the coma and um, came through it over the next four months and then spent four years of really recovering from that. And we walked out of the hospital. And in fact, we were at one of my events for my health entrepreneurs and people were like, how did you just do that? You know, that it was right after we all came out and I kind of looked back and I didn't know at the time. I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, like you're just on autopilot. This is where you better have the right habits in place. But as I started to really look at how did we do that, it was super clear that the mindset that I developed over my lifetime of adversity was what had allowed me to be able to help save my son. And, you know, you look at look at everybody, you're in the um, documentary bonus material, as is a, are a lot of the people in our community. And there are these people who I admire. And as I started to look at people who are so cool out there in life, right, the ones that you look at and they're inspiring to you, I have not yet met one person who's aspiring and inspiring that hasn't been through major life challenges. Yeah. They all have. It's what's made them great. I went, wow. I go, the reason I was able to pull this off was I'd gone through some major life challenges. I'd built that miracle mindset muscle 
to be able to stand up to the doctors, to be able to expect my son to be 110%, which was one of the first things we started telling him in a coma is you, this is going to be the best thing ever happened to you. We've got you. We are going to make sure you're 110%. You've got it. We're going to do it. And so it was all of these, these attributes that I started to really evaluate that are make up the miracle mindset that allow you to take on the unthinkable because Robin, we all know, I mean, you've been through some brutal times. I have too. And chances are there's more on the horizon and chances for everybody listening is they're out there and you wouldn't want to be the fireman running into the fire, realizing you forgot your equipment. You know, you got to have it ahead of time. You've got to have your mindset on board now. Well, this is just a classic example of how you made the bad thing, the good thing. And first of all, tell us really fast how Grant is doing now. So, you know, that first day after he'd survived that first surgery and he's in the deep coma and I'm standing in the hospital with him holding the only, there was like one part of his body that wasn't covered in casts or bandages or something or, you know, road rash that was just raw. And I'm holding his hand and I said, Grant, you know, you're, I literally did. And I'm scared to death. And there's no sign that he's going to ever even wake up. The neurosurgeons were like, we don't think he's going to wake up. And I said, Grant, you do not need to worry. I go, we've got this. We are fighting for you. You're a fighter. Your, your name needs warrior. And you're going to be 110%. And I just decided that day. And, you know, so often we just don't have a dream worth fighting for. We It's not big enough. It's like we didn't stretch ourselves enough. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like going, I'm not going to go for like, he's going to stay, he's going to, he's going to live through this. I'm going to go, he's going to be better through this because as scared as I am, and I was scared every single day and I've been scared every single day for the last six months, I've been getting ready to get this book out. This is what carried me through was this, was this belief that he could be. And then when you ask the right question, guess what you get? And it's, uh, it's been a really hard four and a half years, some of the best times and some of the absolute worst times, you know, brain injury, 25% of people with brain injuries become suicidal. Grant was one of them. And it's just been a tough, tough time. But we kept working on the 110%, which you get 1% by 1%. You don't go from, you know, almost dead on the pavement to 110% in in a day, week, month, year. But he at this point is now better than before the accident. He's more creative. He's nicer. He's more empathetic. He's more motivated. He has a purpose. He is now at the point of 110%. So it is really, it's like really exciting. And, you know, you, I think two things, you get what you expect and you're never better than when you're challenged. And when Grant's been frustrated and down over this last four years, when he couldn't remember things, couldn't do things, I was like, this is not going to be easy, honey. This is going to be hard and it's worth it and you can do it. And if I tried to do things for him, he got angry. And when I flipped it to that and challenged him, he stepped up. That is so inspiring. Congratulations. Already at the 110%. Now now we'll just keep on going up to 120, 150%. That is such good stuff. And as a mom who, you know, almost lost my son many times over the course of about a year and a half, I'm so inspired and I can't wait to tell my audience about the miracle mindset. I'm reading your galley now. I know you're coming out with a free movie and this movie is incredible. I've seen the trailer for it. You're just going to get chills. Uh, we're going to put a link to it in the show notes. So greensmoothiegirl.com slash episode 22.
what exactly is the miracle mindset? Why does mindset matter so much? Oh my gosh, I know when I started to look at all this and I wouldn't have wouldn't have gone down this road until I thought knew, until I knew that you could actually create your own miracle mindset and when you do, you will see all the miracles that are out there. You know, one could have looked at what I just went through and went, oh my gosh, people did say that. I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was miracle after miracle after miracle. I cannot believe how lucky I am, right? So it's all your perspective. So there is a psychologist, Carol Dweck, who talks about two types of mindsets or really your your um, group of beliefs. And there's the fixed mindset. And we all know those people. I don't think they'd be listening to your show, Robin. So, <laughs> you know, but they're they're the victims. They're the yeah. ones who go, life, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to me, right? Those people that they feel like they have no control, they're powerless. And then there's the growth mindset. Those are the people that life happens by them, for them, through them. They've got the control. They've got the responsibility. They can show up, right? And so I believe mindset's a muscle, which means You've got to use it or you'll lose it. You know, it's like you can build it or it will atrophy. And as I looked at all those people and you were part of that group of like, who are people who I admire, who inspire me? What are the common characteristics of that mindset that they all have? Because they, you, you guys all have it. We all have it. And it was being resilient, being an action taker, thinking abundantly, thinking Grant's going to be 110%. Living in the present, being able to see every little win, every little miracle. There, miracles are happening every day. We just don't see them because we're so focused on the next thing that we can't see what's right in front of us, right? Being courageous, which is very different than being fearless. Being courageous means you see, you seek out the scary thing. You realize that that's going to help you get to the next level. You step into it. You're successful. You become more confident and your comfort zone expands. And that's how you build resilience. And then... Being able to ask for help and be collaborative, give help, accept help, which is a lot more vulnerable than giving it. My community helped me save my son. I mean, it was a huge, that was a huge part of it. And then this is the biggie and probably the most, the, the, the biggest one of all is being able to forgive. Yeah. Well, you had a hit and run driver. And the first time I ever talked to you about this, I said, you know, I sort of got preoccupied with that, just the injustice mm-hmm. of it. And the fact that you never learned where she was and you had a couple of clues and, and you just, you just pushed it aside. It was very shortly after you and I met and you pushed it aside and you said, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I just forgave her. Yes. Yeah, so many people, it was one of the biggest questions that we got asked is, did they find that woman? And early on, this woman got out of her car, looked at Grant gasped, got in and drove off. And um, early on people were, it was like a witch hunt where I lived and people were offering rewards. And I'm like, and they wanted me to come back to the desert and be on TV. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not giving this any energy. She's, she'll, she'll have her, like, first of all, we don't even know what if he ran out in front of her car, she shouldn't have driven off, but we have no one has any idea who's what happens. We're always so quick to judge, Right. right? You know, yes, she didn't operate correctly, but we don't know what was going on in her life. And she saw another person pulling up to help. So I don't know, maybe she had a baby at home and she thought she'd get, you know, put in jail and the kid would go in foster care. I don't know. So I'm not going to judge that because it doesn't matter one bit for me with Grant. The only thing I possibly do is take my energy off of where it needed to be. Well, and you can't have, you can't have that miracle shift in the way that you think you can't, you can't focus on a miracle mindset when you're chasing the past. No, you'll just be angry. And when you're angry (laughs) and resentful and it just, just crushes your joy. 
Right. That's our, those are our low vibration emotions that we've been talking about a lot. I'm working on seeing the miracles earlier and seeing more of them. That kind of reminds me of uh, my audience may remember one of my very favorite interviews we've done. We're in season two now is with Carolyn Pearson on her work and her book on synchronicities and finding uh, those connections. And they light up these centers in your brain that help you see the miracles. And so I want, I want you to talk about this word that I've been fascinated with. I've been studying the concept of resilience. You've been talking about strength and resilience. What's the difference there? What does it mean to be resilient? Yeah. So, you know, I look at everything and I have to correlate it back to like nutrition and fitness, right? Of course. <laughs> so, um, so of course, you know, mindset's a muscle and you can build it. And so I look at strength as the initial building. You, you, you have a situation come up. It's scary, which is great. That means that you're being tested. You're playing big enough. You need your courage. You step into it. You're strong. You've got to build your strength. And every one of those situations builds resilience. You know, resilience is like the endurance training effect of, of stepping into these situations. That saying of do one thing a day that scares you, to me, that's a big part of do that and you build that resilience. And as you know, the studies show people who go through these challenges and step up and face them are better because of it. They're happier. They're more successful. You know, it's like the people who just have life is easy. I think we're seeing a lot of it in the millennials, you know, the life is easy part. And I actually, I got to tell you, as a parent, I started when Grant came home from the hospital, I was, I've never been an overprotective parent. I became one. And at first I was trying to do everything for him. That was the worst thing that I could have done. And finally one day I, I, he was upset about something. I go, you know, it's going to be hard. I just started like going, this is like, what have you been doing, JJ? Don't protect him. He doesn't want to be protected. He doesn't want to be coddled. He wants to step up and be a young man. And so that's what I did. And he like stepped right up. I challenged him. I told him it was going to be hard. I love that. Well, and you were having your own, you were having your own process. You were learning how to deal with a changed child who suddenly probably seemed fragile to you, but that was part of your mindset shift is to realize how strong you were and how strong he was and would have to become and your coddling him wasn't going to help. So what a great mm-hmm. life lesson as a mom. So you learn all these lessons as a result of this horrible accident. We don't want that in our life where none of us are going to mm-hmm. seek that out. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but what, do, what about people who are facing problems that aren't about their health? What about other challenges people have? Did, does miracle mindset apply here? So when I wrote this, of course, I've got my very specific story. But the lessons are absolutely universal. And, you know, when you think about it, it's whether it's your health or your relationships or your finances or your or your career, it's it's like there's no shortage of strategies to go out and be successful in any one of those areas. You can get them free on Google, but yet most people are struggling. And that is because of mindset. You will never grow farther than what your mindset tells you you can do. So if you believe you can only like, you know, be in this job and make this amount of money, that's it. That's as far as you're going to go. So it is key. And that's what I've been working on now is teaching people how to build this miracle mindset. And what's interesting is as we focus just on the mindset part and moving into action there, which is the most important thing, it's like you don't learn it by sitting and thinking about it. You got to do it. Um, But it does just impact every other area of their life. They up-level their mindset. Every area of their life gets better. Mm, Perfect. There's probably a lot of light bulb moments during this whole process with Grant. And I'm sure we're going to see that in your movie. Can't wait for it to come out. But what lesson in the miracle mindset totally surprised you? You know, it was our 
our buddy brother, Dave Asprey. Uh, love Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave, like Dave's another one, he really saved my life. And a um, couple years ago, he said, JJ, you have to come to this this thing called 40 Years of Zen. And it's basically neurofeedback in ch- a chamber for a week, you know, like like all day, every day for seven days. You know, I'm thinking, I, really? And he goes, yeah, you have to come. And I knew at the time I was in trouble because I wasn't feeling anything. I was very flatlined. I wasn't getting excited about things, but I wasn't sad about things. I just wasn't feeling. And and so I go there and I didn't know anything about it. I just trusted Dave. So there I am and and I'm there with Dave, Joe Polish and Vishen Lakiani. And I find out that what we're actually doing is we're gonna be in these chambers during neurofeedback for a week. But what we're doing is we go through forgiveness protocols because that's how we train our brain waves to really be positive, joyful, creative, is through forgiveness. It's the fastest way to do it. And, you know, if you'd asked me, I'm like, oh, I don't hold, because I used to be a little grudgy holder growing up. I was like one of those little grudgy people, right? And I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I thought I'm just like, I'm not going to hold grudges. If someone does something wrong to me, I'll just go put it into my closet. I had like the imaginary closet where I put everything crappy people did to me. I was like, I'll just put it over there. That'll be great. No, you can't do that. That actually does not work <laughs> because it's just stored up in there and it gets really full and that's what had happened. And I, what I didn't realize is that you actually have to go and be very active when you forgive. And it's got nothing to do with the other person because that holds on you, not them. And so it's a very active process to forgive them. And and the reality is, you know, where you really charge them for the crime and deeply feel it. And then you go into their position and where they were and you get deeply empathetic. And then you look for the gifts in the situation because they're always there. They're always there. And so as I went through this, I realized kind of as I'm going through this after the first couple of days, when I think, gosh, I'm going to really need to be here for a year. But uh, the big thing I realized was, wow, I need to forgive myself, right? That was the biggest person to forgive. And I check in with myself, Robin, because like something happened in my business a couple months ago and I was so angry, you know, and I'm like, hey, I, I don't like the person I'm being. And I'm like, but I just can't seem to like stop it. And I went, oh my gosh, you just have to forgive this person, forgive this person, you know? And I went through the process. I'm like, free, there it is. Well, and when and, you and when you don't, it's that old saying of, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person who hurt you to die because it only harms you. And we all know yeah. that, but we don't learn forgiveness once. It's a process and we keep having to forgive our whole lives. It's almost like one of the most important lessons we learn, don't you think? Hugely. And I never, ever again would have thought about thought about this had I not gone through that with Dave. And you, it's not like you've ever gotten, where do you get teaching on how to forgive? Never. There's no class. Like, There's no degree. Say you're sorry and then say, I forgive you. Like, that, like no, that's really not quite it. <laughs> yeah, not, not going to lie. I used to lock my kids in a room and say, you can come out when you've said, I love you and you're at peace with each other. But did I teach them how? No, probably because I didn't know how in my 30s when my kids were, <laughs> were that young. But what a, great, what a great valuable lesson. And you've kicked my butt when I'm not forgiving somebody and said hard things to me that I, I need to hear and and here's where you know that you have people who really care about you is they they want you they want to help you be your best self and we can't see these things like I can't see them look what Dave did I mean Dave came to me and like was like JJ you know I couldn't see it I just knew that I was 
hurting, but I didn't know what to do. Well, and, and what happened to you a few months ago, you know, to just, you know, give you a little peace with it. We, we all don't forgive in a second. We got to sit with the hurt of it and process it. And then, but my life lesson, I think really the developmental task of my forties. And I think that you can relate to this and it's not that I'm done is to forgive, forgive faster and easier and really do it. Like, let it, let it be behind me. You know, there are layers to things, but, you know, I think we kind of have to forgive ourselves that we do, you know, feel resentful of people who've taken advantage of us. Um, but I'm, I'm impressed. I always am. I'm inspired by how much you've learned and that you're willing to pass it along. So I know you're, you're so busy and I really appreciate in the middle of your book launch, taking a few minutes with us, but share just a little bit as we end this interview about how do people start people hearing this and saying, I want to forgive like that. I want to, I want to make a miracle mindset so that all my vibrations are higher from this point forward. How do they start changing mindset today? So one of the things that's in my book and um, part of all of this is an assessment. I always think you have to start with measuring. What you measure, you can improve. So I actually created a Miracle Mindset scorecard so that you could look at these seven characteristics and rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 12, you know, ranging from victim to frustrated to comfortably unhappy <laughs> to transformative. And so it starts there. And then the book has lessons, but I'll share one today because I think, you know, the, the biggest thing I like to do is get people in action. And one that we've been using in the academy and one that's in my book, and it's really one of the habits I've had in my life for decades that was probably one of the most significant reasons I could get through what I was getting through with Grant. And the key thing here was it was already a habit. You know, habits create this structure that gives us freedom. You don't have to think anymore. So it was just the way I lived. So I didn't have to think about it because I didn't need more things to think about during that time. But one of the key things that I do every day, and I've been doing this for years, is I have a journal with a pen by my bed right where I will like reach for it first when I wake up. And the first thing I do is think of three people, three things that I'm grateful for, and I write it down. And, you know, if I'm super busy, I might just be one, two, three, right? But what I really like to do is write those down. I really allow myself to feel it. Sometimes I'll fill a whole page full of people and things I'm grateful for. And then I write the things that I'm working on, like during this whole thing, it was like Grant will be 110%. And, you know, you're just visualizing everything that will happen in his life and just writing it down. But gratitude just basically crowds out the fear. And so that was one of the big things that I did in the hospital. And I've been doing over the last, I've been totally freaked out over the last six months with this whole project and like gratitude every morning. It's what I've been doing to stay sane. That is just perfect. And we have discussed at length on this show how gratitude is one of the highest vibration emotions. In fact, a person in total flow, in total gratitude, you actually pick up on the heart waves emanating from a person in total gratitude, love, joy. These are the highest vibration emotions. And so they destroy lower vibration emotions. They're stronger, they matter more. And so thank you as always for the incredible inspiration and what the impact you make on my life, JJ. And now I'm so pleased to introduce your movie and your book to my audience. Any last words of encouragement or advice? Get in gratitude in the morning. <laughs> That's it. Just make it the ha start there. Make that habit happen. That I am amazed at the crazy transformations that happen from that small little hinge that swings such a massive door. 
What a beautiful way to start every day. Thank you, JJ Virgin. And thank you for constantly mentoring me and hundreds of other wellness influencers to be our very best selves. You are welcome. I adore you. 